Ah, yes, a little bit of Edwin Starr there with War, a great tune from way back when. Greetings and welcome to the Continental Drift. I'm Andy Valver, back from a road trip to Germany. More on that in a bit. But on Friday, it was Armistice Day, the 11th day of the 11th month, when back in 1918, World War I ended. World War I, according to historians, was one of the stupidest, most egregious things that human beings have ever done in the history of mankind, followed closely by the night I taught my college roommates how to drink flaming tequila shots. But now is not the time for that. Here in France alone, there were 6 million casualties, and 1.4 million died. That's 1,400,000 people. Even now, 104 years later, the world still celebrates the end of that war, so you know how magnificently stupid it was. And yet, it's hard to really get a grip on just how deadly it was. I was in Paris a while ago, and I went to the Père Lachaise Cemetery. It's where a lot of celebrities are buried, including Edith Piaf, Marcel Marceau, Maria Callas, Oscar Wilde, Jim Morrison, and so on. But the most visually striking thing, at least for me, was outside of the cemetery and the wall that surrounds the cemetery. On that wall are inscribed the names of the war dead, alphabetically and by year, 1914, 1915, 1916, and so on. The list goes on for at least two football fields, maybe more, and the font they use is small. That is when I truly got a visual sense of the number of war dead. It was staggering. And how many of them would have been artists, doctors, researchers who could have found a cure for a disease or published a world-changing novel or been teachers who could have changed a young person's life? How many kids grew up without a father? And when you drive around France, every town, village, hamlet has a war memorial inscribed with the names of the villagers who fell in World War I and World War II. A constant reminder of man's stupidity. Why are men so aggressive? Is it, is it in our DNA? I mean, I understand that Neanderthals lived in a very dangerous world and needed to be aggressive just to eat and stay alive. But after we learned how to manage fire and figured out some basic math and created a language with an alphabet and learned to read and ask questions, which would lead to logic and philosophy, you'd have thought that violence would have fallen by the wayside. But no. And this, of course, brings me back to the fact that it is 2022, and once again, we have a land war in Europe thanks to men. Unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against wars, like wars on poverty, wars on climate change, wars for equal rights. You know, fighting the good fight. But I think I'm against the vernacular, the jargon, war on this, war on that. What if we changed war to challenge? the challenge to end global warming, the challenge to end world hunger, the challenge to provide everyone on the planet with clean water. Sounds better, doesn't it? Ah, well, it's all words, but words are good and powerful, and that's why there's censorship. Okay, enough. What else is going on? Migrants heading to the EU as an ongoing issue, and this is courtesy of the Reuters news agency. There was a tussle between Italy and France over a rescue ship filled with migrants. 
the ship named the Ocean Viking picked up 230 migrants in the Mediterranean off the coast of Libya. The normal procedure is to take them to the nearest port, which in this case was Italy. When they arrived in Italy, Italy turned them away. So a three-hour cruise turned into a weeks-long nightmare. France finally allowed the ship to dock and let the migrants begin the asylum process. France said that Italy's behavior was incomprehensible and unhumanitarian, which it was. Italy's response, of course, was not surprising since they just elected a really, really right-wing anti-immigrant government. But still, they could have taken them. Italy said they've already taken in 90,000 refugees so far this year. France had said it would take 3,000 of those refugees, but now said that they won't. This whole migrant-refugee crisis is not going to go away anytime soon. As long as there are corrupt governments and wars going on in Africa and the Middle East, we've got refugees. And you can't blame the migrants. They just want a shot at life, a better life, one with a job, place to live, have a family, some kids, a place where they won't get shot. The kind of life we all enjoy here. And who can blame them for making a dangerous journey for a better life? I would. I did. Hey, I'm an immigrant. I'm no different than those Somalis or Ethiopians arriving on the shores of the EU. Of course, I didn't arrive in a raft or a boat. I arrived in business class. And getting in, for me, was easy. I happened to be the right color. I kid. Well, okay, look, I applied for a job and was invited to come. I also have the huge privilege of having an EU passport. But other than that, I am here for the same reasons all those folks are trying to get into the EU, a better life. But the EU can't continue to keep taking refugees. It's unrealistic to think that we can. It leads exactly to what we're seeing here, arguments among European nations, the hardening of the wonderful spirit of giving that is a hallmark of the EU. So what's the answer? I know, let's go recolonize Africa. The French go back to Niger, Mali, Ivory Coast. The Germans go back to Namibia, Tanzania, Rwanda, Burundi. The Belgians go back to the Congo with a little bit less violence this time. The Italians go back to Eritrea, Somalia, and Ethiopia. We bring order, rule of law. And when people say they want to go to the EU, we can just say, but you're already in the EU. I kid. It's a bit I used to do on stage, but I think there is a solution. For years, I have called for a Marshall Plan for Africa. We need to go build up Africa the same way that the U.S. used the Marshall Plan to rebuild Europe after World War II. It was the decent thing to do and brought great economic benefits for everyone. Apparently, I am not alone. There was an op-ed piece in The Guardian last month by U.S. Congresswoman Ilhan Omar who called for the same thing a Marshall Plan for Africa. So I'm not shouting into the wind here. I think it certainly deserves some thought. I think kids from the EU could do a year or two of service in Africa after university, kind of like a European Peace Corps. Enough said. What else? All right, I went back to Germany for the first time in three years. I got a great gig narrating a 12-part documentary about World War II for Der Spiegel Television. So I drove, got to see some friends, hang out in the old neighborhood, and drink beer. Man, they love their beer. I'd forgotten how much they love their beer. I drank more beer in four days than I have in four years. I remember when I first moved to Germany. I was on a train going to Frankfurt. And, you know, sitting in the dining car, I shared a table with a German guy who ordered a big beer at 9.30 in the morning. 
I kidded him, and I said, rather early to be drinking. He looked at me puzzled and said, I'm not drinking. I'm just having a beer. That's Germany. That's how they think. Beer is not drinking. But it was nice to see efficient again. Germany is efficient. Not that France isn't efficient, but Germany has it down to a science. The studio where I worked told me that one of the folks there tested positive for COVID. So to be on the safe side, I went to get tested. Man, that was efficient. You go to a drive-thru, they swab your nose, you give them your email address, three euros, 20 minutes later, you get your result. I was negative. What else? Well, there was a big sigh of relief when it turns out that in the U.S. election, the anticipated red wave did not materialize, which is good because that means there will not be another wave of liberal U.S. refugees washing up on the shores of the EU. There's a glimmer of hope that the U.S. might have turned a corner. It certainly seems like a whole-scale repudiation of what's-his-face. And finally, from the New York Times, this could be one of the greatest oops moments in a long time. And perhaps an argument against artificial intelligence. KFC's German branch has apologized for seeming to encourage its customers to mark the anniversary of Kristallnacht, the notorious Nazi pogrom against Jews, by eating chicken and cheese. They quickly pulled the promotional message saying that it had been sent in error as a result of an automatic push notification. The statement added that the company has a semi-automated content creation process linked to calendars that include national observances. You know, I look at what I'm sending out before I hit send. You'd think KFC would have a human who is in charge of hitting the send button. Apparently not. That's it for this week. Thanks for giving me some of your precious time. I'm Andy Valver, and this is The Continental Drift. I'll see you next week.